Welcome, foolish mortals, to the sick and twisted podcast. Your macabre and disturbing home for all conversations related to the shadow of the demon of the role-playing game, godless, punk, apocalyptic, or just about anything that the mental Rob Schwab cuts up. On today's delicious episode, your three gym-suited hosts, Tom, Mike, and James, talk to his unholiness himself, Robert Schwab. But first, fire up those Nespresso's, because it's time for some coffee. Alright, so it's time for some coffee with the Demon Lord, the segment of our show named for our weekly campaign, where all of us wake up way too early to roll dice on Saturdays. We're recording on a Sunday today, so it feels a little bizarre, but that's only because we have a special guest today. The the mastermind, the demon lord, the great Rob Schwab is here with us himself in the flesh over a computer. So it's not real, it's like digital flesh, I would say. Rob, does that sound fair? That sounds really fair. Thanks so much for having me, guys. No, thank you so yeah, much for you. being on. This is a, an honor, a privilege, and I'm sure by the end, less of a pleasure for you, maybe for us. We'll see how that goes. So for anyone who... close by the end. Well, we, we're not making that promise, but we're on video for okay. that. So well, right you can't see that I'm not wearing pants, so that's good. <laughs> this, is, this is true. I feel bad for our listeners at this point because, like, for the rest of us, we've had, what, five weeks of playing that game and enjoying Mike's commentary about, you know, pants, pantslessness, anything like that to get used to it. And everyone else, this is just their second shot. Poor Rob. He's got to go through this on the first time, so. Well, he started. He's the one who talked about Morning Wood this morning before we even got on. He did. Wow. Yeah. Uh, on that note, Rob, uh, for anyone who might be living in a dark, dank hole somewhere because of an apocalyptic nightmare happening all around us, uh, could you tell us a bit about yourself and maybe where all of this uh, craziness originated from? Uh, so, right. Uh, I've been a game designer uh, for since uh, 2002, um, and I did a lot of freelance work for a variety of companies. To start, I landed a job with Green Running Publishing, where I was a D20 line developer, and that uh, led to being uh, the Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay line developer. And then I uh, left Green Running to, oh, I'm sorry, I also designed the Song of Ice and Fire role-playing game. That was the last thing I did for them. And then from there, I jumped ship and went over to work for Wizards of the Coast as a contract designer. And I did that from, I guess it was 08 until 14. And uh, that, that worked on a lot of fourth edition stuff. And then I was a part of the design team for fifth edition D&D. And then after my contract ran out, I started my own imprint uh, because I love myself. And now uh, I have uh, published Shadow of the Demon Lord. Uh, and Punk Apocalyptic comes out very soon, and we've got Shadow of the Mad Wizard and a bunch of other things coming out as well. So yeah, that's a that's a long boring story about how I got to where I am. Yeah, actually, you know, my I, I, I we're playing Shadow of the Demon Lord now. My first experience with something that you put together that I knew that you wrote was actually in Numenera because I was a player in a a game with Beyond All Worlds, which was like mm. your Numenera adventure in Hell that you wrote. Right. Um, which was awesome, except for the fact that the GM was, uh, I guess, was running off of your uh, sadistic ideas, and he had one of the, uh, one of the crazy, uh, I don't know, cannibal people uh, admit to me that he had eaten my girlfriend and crapped her out, and showed me where the crap was. 
Nice. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So that it, is a win. <laughs> it stands to date as one of my uh, my most memorable moments as a player. I don't play very often, but I remember that character. I remember that scene. So uh, I, I guess a few years later, I had to come back for more. Hence the demon lording here. Oh, uh, Satan. There, <laughs> there we go. There is no X card on the episode, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, else that might have gotten uh, X carded there. <laughs> so, no, it's definitely not safe for work. Well, we're, so. we're, we're glad to have you on. And uh, in just in a second here, we're going to dip into, I guess, all the questions we have about one game in particular, and that's Punk Apocalyptic. So we, we, we look forward to, to kind of going down that road, seeing what you have in store for everyone when it comes down to the, the world that occurs uh, after this current twisted world, it's kind of dystopian now. I guess this is a more dystopian version of a dystopia. It's really dystopian. So dystopian that there's ass kicker is a is what an expert path, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's gonna be necessary, like in twenty twenty seven. Okay, um, here we go. <laughs> What was that? Or before. Or before. before yeah. Maybe, maybe now. Any you never know. Any minute now. All right. Well, since we, we will typically at this point talk about what we've done in gaming this week, uh, I'm going to pass things off to Tom. Have you done any gaming this week at all? Uh, no. The only uh, regular game that I've got going on, of course, is our uh, Saturday morning uh, Coffee with the Demon Lord. Um which we can't really talk too much about this week because we didn't have a session. What? Um, we didn't yeah. have a session? What, we skipped? Uh, yeah. Who, no one so, told me. Well, you guys could have gone on without me, but... <laughs> no. Uh, so it's all good. That's um, I had some prior commitments to fulfill, namely a high school ethics bowl competition, which if you don't know what that is, go Google it, because ethics and ethical theory isn't one of the big topics we uh, really focus on here at uh, Sick and Twisted. Um, I can tell you that I really missed uh, not gaming this week. It's, it's pretty much the high point of my week, um, which may be the most awesome thing if you think about it, or the most pathetic, uh, depending on your perspective. Uh, all I know is that I missed it, and I can't wait till next weekend when we catch up, when uh, Krug, my orc, um, gives birth to an Ekaneman baby, apparently. Uh, Rob, we, uh, well, James will tell you what uh, he ran. Uh, for us, the uh, the Shannon Germain uh, adventure. Oh, yes, oh, and uh, and we got we got Tom pregnant. Yes, so <laughs> it's great. Yeah, sweet. Uh, I'm excited. <laughs> so that's uh, that's uh, my weekend, not gaming. You know, if this is a live game, I I would have the next adventure be like a baby shower. I would yeah. like How about have a reveal the party. Oh, that'd be so cool! Yeah. Yeah, is it is it a slug or a tumor? What is it? We don't know. <laughs> Cake full of worms. Yeah. Oh, that'd be nice. But the worms are gummy bears mixed with the actual worms. We'll have them now, both together. Now, I did in fact petition James that if I'm giving birth to my own death effectively, uh, that I should be allowed to play um, the uh, the newborn as a character. But he um, uh, he 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 said no. He said no. Coward. Yes, I, I agree. Thank you, Rob. See, Rob says I should play uh, an Ekaneman right. baby. Look, baby, gotta, baby Ekaneman. All I gotta say is that for so much of the, I don't know, the 2010s, 
was there were so many articles about saying yes to your players. And I, to be on the forefront of the 2020s, I'm, I'm trying to get involved with the say no to your players more. Like, how do you say no to them and just tell them that no, your, your input's not needed? Now, dude, look, if you want to play, <laughs> if you want to play, if you want to play your, 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 your hybrid squash slug, maggot fetus as a player character that's fine we can we can work something out but you still you have you are so fatalistic and you think this character is dying so in a game that's somewhat hopeless have a little bit of hope man you might uh, make it okay well, well maybe we'll enjoy more of a campaign centered on your character trying to be a good father you know with terrible things <laughs> happening this is it's like three men in, it's three men and a baby but the baby is is it's a slug yeah, it's a slug. Yeah, yeah. Banana slug. <laughs> All right, All right Mike, let's move on. Mike, <laughs> Mike, did you have any gaming this week? No, 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 I didn't do a lot of gaming because Tom crapped out on this week. You know, uh, <laughs> was, uh, I could have used the distraction from what's going on in a certain area called Washington D.C. And I've used all my Xanax. I'm sucking from a paper bag, and so I blame Tom for everything. It's all your fault, Tom. That's nothing. No, so no, bad. It was so bad for me. I did feel it. I did feel not playing this week. Yeah. Having played for four weeks straight and having the session zero on like, you know, making it five weeks straight. We've met, met we've, uh, we've uh, played together. Definitely got me into a cool rhythm. And, but you know what? I'm looking forward to Saturday. Saturday's just a, a few days away. Yeah. Well, I did get more sleep, so that's that's a positive. So I wasn't so uh, strung out for an entire week. As I've gotten older, not getting sleep is like having a hangover for a whole day. It's amazing how, how I, I can't bounce back from anything. But I did do a lot of reading. Um, uh, I did read a lot of Punk Apocalyptic, uh, reading some other modules and materials related to old school stuff etc so i do i do think it's important to point out that for anyone that who's listening right now uh based on when you're listening to the podcast we were given a sneak preview of some of punk apocalyptic prior to recording just so we could kind of review some of it and read some of it so uh, if if the game isn't quite out yet when you're you're listening to this uh have no fear uh, we believe it's coming out soon, but it's not like we went and like raided Rob's computer, hacked it, and stole a copy or anything like that. There is oh, a quick I t- story I, a little bit. I, I totally did. I have access to the the Dropbox folder. Uh, in full disclosure, I should also add that I am a freelance editor, uh, the uh, the lesser member of uh, Rob's team there uh, for uh, uh, pretty much uh, Demon Lord and all punk apocalyptic so far so yes it's been a wild ride it's been a wild ride let's let's kick off these questions then and let's move on to our next segment so this is our all hail the demon lord section and this will be the part where we dig into the meat of our topic our interview with our special guest the man behind the demon lord himself rob schwab rob's also an RPG industry giant, having worked on so many different game product lines and games, too many to recount here easily. And although he'll tell us about some of his favorites, we're going to hear specifically about some of the things he's currently working on. So welcome, Rob, to Sick and Twisted, the podcast about you and your games. It's like our version of being John Malkovich. So we're so glad to have you here. Or or very glad to be here. 
or in some ways, it's like, you know, since we're, inv- we're, we're, we're uh, welcoming him here, we welcomed him in the last segment. It is Groundhog Day, so it does seem fitting that we're, I think every segment in here, we should welcome Rob back onto the show. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, let's, let's do that. That, sound, that sounds like it makes sense. All right. So let's, let's dig into the meat of the topic here about punk apocalyptic. So Rob, for those unfamiliar with maybe what the Kickstarter had presented, uh, what is punk apocalyptic and how is it different from other post apocalyptic RPG offerings that are out right now? Well, uh, Punk Apocalyptic is uh, the brainchild of a company called Bad Roll Games in Spain, and they made, uh, it's a miniature skirmish game uh, set in a post-apocalyptic world. Uh, it's it's a lot of, it's, it's, it's different in the sense that it is so vulgar and so irre- irreverent uh, that it uh, really shocked me. Like, there were things they did in theirs that I couldn't do. Uh, when I was adapting it, um, so just certain certain ter- certain terms, certain uh, concepts are, are just not going to fly uh, these days. But it is a Gonzo-style uh, Wahoo uh, game where your characters are going to be ground up, and you're going to run around and face um, uh, mega trout asses, these weird fish, uh, <laughs> strange monsters, uh, mutants, uh, the fourth, uh, fifth Reich. Um, yeah, it's 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 a lot of it's just a lot of it's just a lot of madness, uh, and it's and its style is um, is kind of liberating because I get to just curse uh, throughout the entire the entire manuscript, which was so the cursing was you that was that was your cursing in there. Uh, Tom and and my my cursing, we we together uh, joined voices and we we threw up all the hatred and bile. Onto the page. Yeah, the style guide had a had a minimum number of uh, fucks per page. So right, uh, seriously, yeah. seriously, really? <laughs> no. You don't know? I mean, <laughs> man. Well, no, I'm 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 having read as much as I had. I I would not be surprised. It was definitely. I guess when I was reading through it, I was trying to. So my 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 only exposure. Um, uh, you know, so far in the in the because the only thing that's out really right now is the, is is Demon Lord. So I've read, I don't know about seventy percent of the Demon Lord stuff that's out. I've read through it, and while there is definitely a lot of envelope pushing, and there is the occasional vulgarity, like I, I opened this up and I just read it in my head like Samuel L. Jackson reading it to me as I was reading through it. You know, <laughs> yeah. it was like now go the fuck to sleep. The uh, the audiobook version is going to be Samuel right. Sam Jackson, nice, nice. Yeah, so it's it's a it, it's not Gamma World. Uh, Gamma World it certainly has that Wahoo thing too. But I really wanted to um, marry the idea of Gonzo post-apocalyptic adventure with human occupied human occupied landfill. I wanted to make it just this nasty, irreverent kind of pushing back against how serious people take a lot of role-playing games. The experience of making, because I know that uh, Mike and I played through making some characters just to, to play it, try it out. While the the it was definitely a more uh, uh, I don't know uh, R rated version of uh, of post apocalyptic and everything like that, but it definitely I did have some Gamma World feels going through it because there was a little bit of that Gonzo. There was definitely Gonzo. I felt Gonzo, but it, it yeah. felt like something totally different as well at the same time. Yeah, it's a different type of Gonzo. I mean, there's Gonzo that's crazy and fun, and this is dark Gonzo. This is yeah. definitely, you know, to kind of 
kind of the, the the tone was the you know the shits you're in the shit everything's fucked so get over it motherfucker that's kind of in a nutshell yeah. was that a quote from the from the book there no directly? no that's my I was channeling yeah. Sam Jackson oh, I gotcha I gotcha what so like when you were getting ready to write this Rob like did did you already have in your head the 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 source material you needed or for inspiration uh, to to kind of have this come out was the the material from from the original uh, authors of the skirmish game enough or did you dig into other kinds of material to get yourself in the zone? Uh, because this was an adaptation of their uh, their their skirmish game, it. Um I really tried to cleave as close to their vision as possible um, in the main, they, they uh, the, the guys at bad role were uh, super supportive of carving out our own area in the, the wastelands uh, and maybe even set the game somewhere else. But I really, but I figured that there, because there are people who are going to be coming to this game from the miniatures game that we want to have a lot of uh, overlap. Um, if the game does well, then we'll certainly, uh, we're going to move into southern U.S. and really kind of reflect my thoughts about living in Red America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, so, but but like tone-wise, and I looked, I, I was inspired a lot by the by Judge Dredd, of course, and uh, and then Mutant Crawl Classics is a wonderful game, and so is uh, all the versions of Gamma World. And I'd worked on Gamma World before. Um, in the the fourth edition version of that game, it wasn't the fourth edition, but it was in a green box. Oh, I love that oh, game! I love that. That's that's the it only Gamma a, World I've actually played was that version. It's well, a I, lot of fun. I I had the original way back in the day, so yeah. I almost got a copy of some of that stuff on eBay back when I had found the the four E. I know it's not again same thing. I know it's not four E, but that 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 I box. The 4E. Hey, don't don't be hating here, okay? So Rob, I'm the resident 4E like fan, so I, I'm used to getting. Oh, cool. I've, I've I've been fighting for I swear like since 2009 about this, so yeah, I get defensive. I, I spent so much time in my you know such a huge chunk of my career was working on fourth edition D and D that you know I've, I've heard every criticism and every critique of that game, and I, at this point I'm just like whatever. Well, uh, well but should... I I love that game. Until Marshall Power came out, well, so that's that's about that's about uh, three months. Well, no, no, <laughs> not not to go too off the rails here, but you're talking to someone who ran a first to thirtieth level campaign in that Holy dur shit. during grad school, and the in the last scene it involved uh, the city of the players racing towards the city of Sigil from Planescape crashing off the coast of the core of Ravenloft on a spell jammer ship where they were going to go fight Orcus. We just threw the entire kitchen sink into it. So just, nice. so at the end we could say we won D and D. So I haven't yeah. played D and D since then because we beat it. We beat D and D back then. Right. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> pretty badass. Anyway, <laughs> it was a hot mess. Um, my, Mike, you, you guys ask some questions. I'm taking up too much question time here. You guys go after Go after well, Rob. This is kind of uh, an offshoot of some of the stuff that you were talking about, James. But, Rob, when you were adapting what they had, was there anything that you really was one of like a darling that you wanted to keep but decided not to keep, be well, because of it didn't either, didn't fit into Punk Apocalyptic or 
as you said, it just wouldn't work here in the States or North America because of its particular nature. Um, some of it, like I had one of the, one of them that there's all right. So the big thing that they use is that their entire fact, they have an entire faction called mutards mm. and it is um, in the books or the, the rule books, it's a marriage of mutant bastard, but it certainly doesn't come, come across that way here. And that would be really problematic no matter how many times I would say it's mutant bastard. It's not, 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 not uh, something else. Um, so I had to just punt on that name, even though I felt like, you know, I want to be true to their stuff, but yeah. yeah. Uh, and there are some other things too, like, but I mean, even like the, I, I like in, in scrap bridge, which is uh, the main setting, uh, for the game, uh, it's this kind of neutral, a trade post thing that has a kind of a broken down bridge and there's a dried riverbed where the town lives, where the town's built. Um, it's got stuff like tit grab uh, and just a bunch of other just vulgar names for various locations. I'm keeping all of that. So I, I, I felt like that's okay. I, I, but you know, I don't want to, I don't want to purposely go out and make people uh, upset. Yeah. I, there's, a, there's a line, right? Yeah. I see you did let that, that word pop in a couple times and then, you know, clarify that, you know, it is quite an offensive word, even in the, in the world that, yeah, it exists. So, okay. So this is your second post-apocalyptic offering. Uh, so what is it about the end of the world that uh, really gets you going as a game designer? <laughs> I mean, I, we have I, Shadow of the Demon Lord, which is a fantasy post-apocalyptic or just leading up to the apocalypse. And now we have after the apocalypse. And that's only second offering with the Demon Lord system, technically, because I mean, he, he's, if you've done the work with uh, with Gamma World and all, everything else, this is you've you've gone down this path before. Yeah, uh, I'm. Maybe it's kind of a reflection of my nihilistic uh, outlook. Uh, you know, I'm. I don't have a whole lot of. Um, I don't know. I, I don't really have a whole lot of hope for pretty much anything. And so I write what I know and uh, kind of reflecting on the way things seem to be going these days. And uh, it just seems natural for me to want to talk about it in a way that I can do it without, you know, being an armchair social justice warrior on Facebook. Um, and so it gives me an opportunity to explore the repercussions of our stupidity uh, and as far as the, you know, the demon Lord, demon Lord is, uh, the reason why I went with the apocalyptic thing was because I was trying to compress the traditional fantasy game experience where you're trying to save the world, but do it in a way that it was, uh, immediate. You know, I, I've talked in previous interviews about how, you know, you have as a game master, you've got this great idea where, you know, Asmodeus is going to come crawling out of the fucking hell and he's going to start fucking with the world and that's your end point in your campaign and then you're three sessions in and your group, your group breaks up so you never have to realize the super awesome ending. Uh, so rather than just kind of put that off, I just made it a backdrop. Um, so that you're, you're already in the mix and your characters are in some way going to try to either engage that or survive it. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. Um, and it definitely... I can feel that creep in every session that, that we've done. There's always something looming, even though our characters may not be concentrating on that as, at, at that particular time. For instance, Krug with his wanting to take over the temple of the new god. 
that sort of stuff. But definitely there is. What do you mean wanting? We <laughs> you did. did. Take okay, it over. you did. Well, you yeah, wanted you, first. Yeah. yeah, but Father Solomon's dead. This was. Um, um, oh, uh, James, remind me again. Um, Another one of the starting adventures. This is, uh, La- Last Hope. Last yeah. Hope, yeah. Which uh, um, it's. I, I literally have not read anything that I've not edited when it came to adventures because specifically I was hoping someday that I would be playing them and it worked out well because. James is running, but yeah, that was, uh, yeah, uh, with, uh, the father being dead, we, uh, we installed our own priest of the new God. Well, look, and, um, you're, you're, I'm an orc. Who's going to say no to me? You're, yeah. you're very fortunate because, uh, last hope is actually the only place in the Northern reaches that has, uh, gives, uh, six months of paternity leave for any adventures. <laughs> okay. Nice. So that's you're, just, that's you're in good shape. That's Northern Reach. Sorry, Northern Reach. I'm too busy planning your baby shower. I I find it ironic that Krug is the one that's having the baby and uh, Ganoi is the one that's running rampant around the world uh, (laughs) trying to inseminate everything that he can. And Krug got inseminated. Anyway, <laughs> back, Go ahead. You, back to Rob. Let's <laughs> we go. We let's remember where we're at here, okay? Tom, you so, can go ahead now. Yeah, you you asked. Oh, I was just gonna say, <laughs> Ganoy is a uh, goblin that uh, Mike is playing. Um, one of the things that um, uh, through James for a loop, and we talked about it uh, briefly. Um, and I said, I don't know. You're gonna have to ask Rob. Is uh, that uh, many of the attributes and some of the mechanics, of course, in Punk Apocalyptic are. Uh, um, similar to Shadow of the Demon Lord, but of course you've like tripled them. Um, why did you know what was the decision there, or what was the design decision there? And uh, do you see uh, you know, there's always going to be that one guy who wants to make them cross compatible. You know, he's like, I don't, I don't want to play Godless. I want to play Punk Apocalyptic with my Demon Lord. You know, can they mix their peanut butter with their chocolate? Yeah, so that was we put a. Ahead, I, I put out a I put out a conversion document uh, during the Kickstarter, so it's uh it's I think it's on my website somewhere. Uh, but yeah, it's possible to do it. The reason why Punk Apocalyptic reflects what I was thinking about with Demon Lord at the time that I wrote it, and at the time I wanted to have more levers to pull to create more diversity in character options, and that's why you have eight attributes instead of four. Um, in retrospect, uh, I think it was a, I think it was a worthy experiment for punk apocalyptic. And I think that's, it's, it plays fine with having eight. Um, but the next game I'm working on shadow, of the mad wizard goes back to the, the core four. And part of that is to encourage compatibility. My thought with punk apocalyptic was this is its own special, uh, thing uh, and it's because it's an IP that I don't own uh, that I want to make it more unique and uh, make it its own kind of game. Um, so that's why it's not uh, it's not just a perfectly clean uh, transition from Demon Lord to Punk. And then also I want to make it different because Godless exists. Sure, uh, sure. Yeah. And Godless is a different tone than uh, it has a different tone and certainly a different play experience, but. Uh, yeah, Godless is. If you really want to play Punk Apocalyptic or that in that world, you can use Godless to do that. But mechanically, it plays out. I mean, the, the same though. So if you have a uh, a a guts, of my character that I roll, my my sample character I, I came up with, Mister Kansas, 
the fanatical doomsday cultist who's only about 10 years old because I rolled a 3 on my 3d6 for age, uh, <laughs> who's a very optimistic nice. and very positive and very, very, uh, very out there, uh, has, a, has a guts of 13. So if guts, if I'm correct, is what would be my uh, – if, if I saw something terrible or horrifying, I'd be rolling my guts uh, to resist that. It would still be a D20. If my guts is 13, it's a D20 plus 3 uh, uh, that I'm, I'm rolling. And then with, this, with the same uh, uh, boons and banes system on top of that. So mechanically, that's still all the same. Yeah, and the only thing that's different there is that we call them assets and complications uh, Ooh, because okay. it's, it's more of a tone thing. Gotcha. Boons and Banes don't marry well to what we were trying to do in that game. Maybe that's why I didn't see it. <laughs> I was just I made I was assuming the boons and banes. They're still there. Uh, you know, it's funny with a, with Punk Apocalyptic, one of the earlier drafts. Uh, do you guys remember uh, Marvel Superheroes, the the oh, role yeah. playing game by oh. Jeff Grubb? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so. I fucking love that master task resolution table. I love it in a way that it's probably pornographic. Um, and so what I did with uh, the, the earliest draft of Punk Apocalyptic used uh, a task resolution chart similar to that so that you would just, and it would give you gr- uh, graded success and failure, uh, which was really, it was really cool. But I found, and as much as I wanted to keep it, because um, it still used boons and banes and all that stuff, but it just kind of, compressed all that stuff into one big master table. I just found that people were looking at their character sheets the whole time. We're looking at the chart the whole time. And it was, it was too much of a distraction from what was really going on. So it was, it was a neat experiment. It was a neat experiment. There were, there were a lot of, uh, there's a reason why this, it took me two years to get this thing from concept to, to where we are right now. A lot of false starts. Oh, well, (laughs) Well, you know, with with the uh, you do you do still have a, have a lot of charts and tables. I saw with with the character creation, you know. So there's still a lot of that crazy randomness uh, when you're when you're going from everything from you're rolling. If, if so, my character is a fanatic. So what are you fanatic of? Uh, rolling on the junk charts, all the fun junk charts, all the, the the everything about how to create a character from your appearance to your age to weird things about your character. There still is a lot of. Uh, a lot can happen before you even get to the table. Yeah, that's where it felt to me very similar to uh, to to Gamma World, at least the Gamma World that that I was familiar with. Or yeah, travel, like or where your uh, your character could die. die before you actually yeah. start. Yeah. But, One of the things about uh, Punk that I really and Punk and both Demon Lord and using and some of the uh, expansions for Demon Lord the Victims series was to try to capture that, as you were saying, Tom, uh, Traveler, and also uh, Fast's Star Trek, and some of the other uh, old older games where creating a character was like playing the game on your own. You yeah. know, you're, and even Twilight 2000 was the same kind of thing, because you're kind of telling your character's story as you're building, making decisions about what you're doing. And, and I wanted that to be kind of uh, a, an essential part of uh, the, the punk experience and also for Demon Lord. Yeah, something something with the, the it's one of my favorite things about, about Shadow of the Demon Lord, at least, and one of the things that brought me back over to that game. Have, I mean, I I had tried it when it uh, it was it when it first came out in PDF. I think it was at twenty 
15 to 2016 2015 right when it first... 2015 yeah yeah and i i was just so uh involved in other games it was just like i got to play it one time but i really enjoyed making my one character at the time and just uh you know still remember that single character creation for that goblin character w- wish i had played more but didn't get a chance to but you've you've done a nice job i i feel um an excellent job in in marrying that fun character creation story uh building with it with the randomness in the very front end but also having the opportunity for like that session zero that first session where you're still kind of a pipsqueak you know something that the other game i play a lot of is dungeon crawl classics and there's the big focus on like the funnel and you start out with multiple zero level characters who are all dog meat and they're all going to die starting off as just a goblin or just a fanatic kind of gives you the it's like the best of both worlds you get to have a pretty cool background rolled up for you but then your first adventure you're weak you you may not make it through that yeah yeah i was ref- I, I was reflecting on that and you know the one of the things i think is missing from some of those zero level funnels is that you you start out and you don't really know what these characters are and you know uh, so running through this, when I created butt biscuit here, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. character and, and, and the name, the name actually fits his, his background because did he, you roll the name? I rolled Mr. Kansas. Did you no, roll butt biscuit? I, the, the name just came out of my subconscious, uh, <laughs> but it actually, it actually fits because of what the, I actually rolled up. He's a survivor and I rolled that he was captured by a group of, of mutants. And there's a suggestion that, they use him for various things, and so that's that's kind of where <coughs> what I uh, I came up with. Hey, Tom just sorry, wait, wait. have you heard, all heard that? Tom just choked himself. Uh, my, Tom Tom is suffering from a slight yeah. case of the Corona with a Lyme disease right now. Yeah, sorry, I thought I turned off no, the mic. Apparently, no. Um, no, no, we're gonna we're gonna that's okay. We're gonna auto tune your cough. Oh, yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll auto tune the cough. So, but it but the other thing I wanted to reflect on there is even though we're talking about all these tables and all these roles and all these things like that, I think it literally only took me about five minutes to to go through all all of that and get some really cool suggestions. And believe it or not, even though I was rolling randomly, it seemed to all kind of sort of fit in and uh, work out really well. So I thought it, I Great. think it's really 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 cool how it all kind of just. Uh, came out perfectly. Rob, oh, I'm sorry. So, Rob, so we, we kind of talked about how, like, the beginnings of the characters start, all the randomness and and kind of craziness of what, why this this crew of, of who these people are. They're starting the game. What kind of adventures could our what what kind of adventures if we were going to be playing through this as a campaign and if Mike and I don't know much about the universe what kind of hijinks would Butt Biscuit and Mr. Kansas expect expect <laughs> to go on in the course of a punk apocalyptic campaign what are the adventures like right uh so we've got a I've got uh one of the well let's see we've got two things right now we've got uh one is called a uh, downright nasty and that <laughs> Oh yeah, I love that one. Yeah, it's there's a there's some sort of creepy monster thing that lives nearby uh, this this community where they fish megatrout asses out of the toxic bog that they live over, 
And uh, there's this mad scientist dude who is trying to turn locals into more of them. Uh, so you'll get some investigation things like that. Um, TS just turned over his adventure, which involves uh, like a vegan chef that goes crazy and some other nonsense going with that. Uh, I'm working on uh, Tales of Mayhem and Murder, which is also known, it's a campaign titled uh, also known as uh, How the, uh, yeah, How the Amok Fucked Up the Wasteland. Uh, it's a campaign <laughs> that uh, reveals the new faction that their kicks that uh, the guys at Bad Roll are currently kickstarting or getting ready to kickstart. Uh, and it will eventually introduce these drug addled nightmarish creatures that include little kids with shivs and big giant mutant dudes and just it's really scary stuff that are kind of pouring into the scrap bridge area and you characters will be trying to um, deal with that so uh, it's going to be i think we'll have a lot of this stuff will be just as color just as colorful in language the adventures will be or rather the missions will be just as filthy as you'd expect um but uh, it's you know it's all it's all in good fun. Although the uh, the hijinks of uh, Mister Kansas and uh, Butt Biscuit might be a, a great alternative title. That sounds like a really yeah, true. It sounds like a western. Yeah. Sounds like a boy band is what it sounds like. No, it's a it's a we- it's a western. The hijinks of Mister Kansas and Butt Biscuit. I don't know. That's a western. Yeah, yeah. Spaghetti if, spaghetti western or if the Mandalorian's a western, this is a western. All right. I like it. I like it. There we it. go. So I want to shift a little bit of what we're talking about from punk apocalyptic. It tries saying that five times fast. And I want to hear a little bit about um, the Mad Wizard project that you're working on. Sure. Uh, so Mad Wizard came, the idea for Mad Wizard came around uh, maybe three years ago. Uh, in response to some of the pushback of uh, to, uh, uh, Demon Lords, super dark tone. Uh, a lot of people like to like the game engine quite a bit, and they want to play it, but they want to play with the kids, or they've got gamers who don't really enjoy uh, grim, dark type things. So there's that. Uh, and so when I thought about doing the original, the original thrust for this game, and I already have, I have a draft that goes back several years. That was just going to be like a clean, just going to pull out all the all the dark, gross stuff, and then make it, uh, and you know, a lighter game. But then I started really working on it, and it gave me an opportunity to kind of change some things. One of the things that Demon Lord's math kind of does, it just it characters. It's always hard. There's always it's it, the game should always be hard. Uh, in Mad Wizard, I want the characters to have a more dramatic power curve, so they get to be pretty awesome by the end, uh, by the, by the time they reach level 10, uh, tonally, uh, this is going to be a lot like Greyhawk. Um, and because I love Greyhawk so much, uh, this is an opportunity for me to do something that wizards won't. Uh, and that's create a really fun game environment that, uh, feels fantastical, but also, um, you know, but not, not necessarily traditional, right? We don't, it, yeah, there's going to be dwarves and halflings and all that garbage, but we're still going to have clockworks, and we've got big hulking finodery, which are, uh, if you remember the movie Labyrinth, the the big dude who used to sing to rocks is that kind of concept oh, of a character type. Ludo. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I wanted to make it more, it's, it's certainly a, a family-friendlier game. Uh, there are still traces of darkness and, and bleakness in it, 
but uh yeah and the premise of the game is that there's a it's a stock fantasy world and the mad wizard borb walsh who is uh, my alter ego in the world of demon lord and elsewhere uh escapes from earth and pops into <laughs> the other earth and uh, takes over the great city and he builds four towers and then has the under uh, the underbelly of the city excavated into a to a, a bottomless uh, dungeon and is stocking it full of all of his mad weird experiments and uh, then he disappears and so his disappearance uh, creates a vacuum and a lot of the things that he had, st- had tucked away are starting to crawl free and so characters are adventuring in the wilderness and in the borderlands and going into the city and plumbing depths to find the treasures and fun things that are there that's that awesome yeah, as yeah, I, I would definitely, I'm definitely a fan of the idea of have. I, I love the mechanics in Shadow of the Demon Lord, and as someone who, I play with a lot of kids. I mean, heck, my my Sunday every Sunday night, I I I vlog with my my 13 year old daughter. We go online, we go live, we we uh, we do our little show, and she's been asking about Shadow of the Demon Lord. She hears me talk about it. I'm like, nah, you gotta wait. You know, wait wait a little longer. I'm not quite ready to explain. That why there's a picture of a demon wearing a naked woman as underpants yet. Uh, let's yeah. just yes. have that conversation a little bit further down the line, you know? Probably yeah. for the best. Uh, there are some mechanical there are some mechanical differences. It's just again, uh, it is compatible with uh, with uh, Shadow of the Demon Lord, so you could you could play with uh, paths and so on. Uh, but one of the bigger changes is that how magic works is that. Uh, Rather than having uh, traditions be rather thin, I mean, there are a lot of traditions in Demon Lord, uh, but there's not a, they're just like, these are category of effects. Uh, in Mad Wizard, every tradition is an entirely different way of casting spells or, ma- or using magic. Uh, and so we have a general spell section, and then there's alchemy, and then there's sorcery, and then there's psionics, and then there's wizardry. And each one has their own uh, uh, rules for progression and they have their own specific effects, and it's really—I think—it's really neat. Um, Playtests here have been really successful. Is it still built around? You know, one of the things I, I love about uh, Demon Lord is that, and I think I remember either reading this or listening to one of your interviews prior was that aiming for that sweet spot of of campaigns. As you said earlier, you know, you if you start a campaign saying we're going to go to 100, 100 adventures, level 30, whatever, we're going to max this out, one in every 1,000 campaigns might actually do that. Uh, so do, is it still the same idea of 10 levels, you know, trying to have a finish a storyline in you know, 20 to 30 sessions, or is it more of a long-term game? No, this is a this is the same compressed play experience that I've shoot that I, that I, that I shot the Demon Lord delivers. Uh, you have eleven sessions. You have a starting session at level zero, which gives you your uh, your team or your company's um, origin story, and then every adventure is zooms in on a key point in your character in your group's uh, development. Um, so I expect that you could probably play through a full campaign in forty four hours of gameplay. Uh, the one thing that we are doing differently is that there will be a more robust system of, to kind of cover what happens in between adventures. Gotcha. So we'll have uh, you can do different kinds of things. You can even you could you, you might play an adventure uh, at level one, and, and then your downtime, your character goes on another adventure, and you roll on a big table that tells you what happens to your character during that adventure. Oh, that's cool. Cool. Is that yeah. like based on what? What's that? Is it based on like the characters? Uh, like pa- well, path or is it based on or or uh what's that based Choice, around you, 
you're going to have uh, there'll be I think I'm going to the plan is I'm going to do uh, maybe 20 different um, downtime activities. Uh, so you might be spreading the faith. You might be going on a murder mission or spying or going on an adventure or guarding a caravan or some other bullshit. And then you're carousing. On the table and yeah. yeah, carousing. And you uh, you roll on the table. You'll add your uh, your group level to the roll. I think something like that. Um, and so it should be it should be pretty it should be pretty easy. And it's something you can do just as quickly as you do you could do like right before the game starts. What do we do between our last adventure? And you you get the tables give you that ability to come up with that stuff. No pressure, but what's the time frame on uh, Shadow of the Mad Wizard look like? Uh, I am in. I think I've three chapters left to write to finish um i think the other uh, so i'm probably going to be going to a small public beta by end of march cool. and then kickstarter october cool and then uh unlike demon lord i'm probably going to split this into two books um just because i want to have a more robust bestiary um and i've got like 60 master paths in this book and 30 expert paths. So there's a lot of, there's just a ton of options. And so I want to make sure they're both manageable. They'll, they'll be both available as part of the same Kickstarter. Very nice. Awesome. So speaking of uh, Demon Lord Engine and things like uh, that, uh, are you ever planning to open up that engine for other developers to use? To As long as it's approved by Schwab Entertainment, for creating games in other genres that you don't necessarily want to, to, to use, or I know you have a, a, an agreement where people can produce third party uh, supplements and things like that for sub, uh, shadow of the demon Lord, but you, uh, are you planning on ever opening up the demon Lord engine? Um, it's reply hazy. Um, part of the reason is that, um, I'm such a small fry uh, such a small fish in this pond that uh, opening it up to have to compete against my own game engine, it'd be really difficult for me. Um, we, I have, I do have an agreement with one company and they're doing a game powered by Demon Lord, but I'm not sure what the status of that one is. Typically, if somebody wants to do a Demon Lord powered game, I would probably be interested in co-publishing so that I would be able to get um so yeah, so I'd be able to keep my finger on what's going on. We've got an arrangement with uh, another company uh, sometime this year. I have to start work on that. It uh, gives us cyberpunk demon lord. So that's kind of how it works. Well, that that be cool. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I've got um, yeah, I've got that. And then I've got Abaddon, the Angel of the Void, which is my science fiction demon lord game, which I'm starting work on post after I get back from Winter Fantasy. And then I have a modern. Uh, a modern fantasy style game where you play a secret society of spellcasters in a small town. It's called, I'm not sure what the name of the game is going to be yet, but anyway, it's going to be fun. Cool. There's also some fiction I, I see that was produced around uh, demon Lord. Any, anything like that in the works for um, Chronicles of demon Lord was, uh, I, I had their great stories in that uh, anthology. It's a short, it's a short thing. I think it's like 80 pages or so, but um, it just hasn't really sold well enough for me to want to do more at this moment. Gotcha. But yeah, you'd be open to it. Sure. In case are anybody listening thinking, wants to, I, 
are you, what, what, what are you thinking here, Mike? Are you like trying to write like the, the, the tales of Grumpy Alice or something? I am trying to write the chronicles of Grumpy Alice. Yeah, and Ganoi. I think I think Ganoi and Grumpy Alice have their, their wedding will be uh, will be will be enough of a story that maybe that should be recorded and. Uh, or or we'll maybe see. it could be on the road with Butt Biscuit and Mr. Kansas. Maybe. Oh yeah. <laughs> on the road. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, on that note, are there any uh, other items that we want to just looking at the time here? Anything else, Rob, that you wanna you wanna let loose on before we move into the last section of the of the show? Uh, I'm gonna be at Winter Fantasy next week, uh, which maybe if it depends on when this comes out, it may already be over with. Uh, Winter Fantasy is. Um, it's a big D and D team show, but I've but I've been very friendly with uh, the convention. Dave runs a really great uh, convention, and Fort Wayne is charming in the winter. Um, <laughs> so we'll be we'll be up there. Uh, I'm running a demo of Shadow of the Mad Wizard and a demo of Punk Apocalyptic, and of course uh, Shadow of the Demon Lord, uh, and then the Rob's Basement podcast crew. Most of us. We'll be there playing Dungeons and Dragons every morning and recording those sessions and hilarity and shenanigans will ensue. So that'll be fun. And we'll, uh, we'll do a link to a lot of that stuff in the show notes. Great. Oh, and one other thing I want to mention, uh, we have a new 69 cent adventure coming out tomorrow called little horror house on the prairie. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's going to be fun. I we had a lot of fun writing that one, and Tom, you did a great job in the editing. So it's Thank you. Be, uh, Thank you. It, it's coming out very soon. Sixty-nine and cents. And that's for Demon Lord. Yep, uh, it's, it's, it's another one of those two-page uh, landscape style adventures, uh, kind of designed for one shots. Uh, they're really cheap for me to make, so I, I like to. And they don't sell. They don't are selling incredibly well, but they're selling well enough. As long as they pay for their layout, it gets me product out there. And uh, Jim, I've already read it, so you can't run it. I and can't run it. It's right up your app. Well, I suppose I could be. Well, know. I am. I am looking for. I will get to the next segment. I'm looking for things to run uh, on the fly. So at some upcoming cons. So where where we where would we be able to find that on uh, Schwab Entertainment site and anywhere and else? Drive through RPG. Drive through RPG. And drive through. Yeah. Okay. So well, Robert, we really, really appreciate you coming on and uh, being willing to sit through the, this battery of questions and being forced to listen to our character tales. So it's been my my sincere pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. All right, let's move into the the, the final segment. All right, so we're gonna go right to last rights here. Uh, and just the only announcement we have here, uh, Gen Con is coming. It's the end of July uh, into early August. And I don't have the dates in front of me, but I I am planning on being there. And I, I'm, well, I'm sort of forced. My wife has to work there. And then I, I'm going to be there just, you know, just for fun. Um, so what I'll be doing on the Demon Lord front is I plan on having stuff to run off the books. I always like to run something special on the Wednesday before Gen Con. So I'll be running an adventure I almost ran last year that was going to be for Mutant Crawl Classics. But actually, I figure it fits better for, with, the, with the Demon Lord. And it's called Kidney Thieves of Motherfucker Island, based loosely on Far Cry 3 
and the all the cover art is done by my daughter but it's 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 essentially it's a, we have it in our house it's a it's this tribal woman holding a kidney in her hand you know nice. so uh, but that's the adventure you wake up in a bathtub full of ice and hilarity ensues from there and i think that fi- that fits the demon lord uh motif maybe better than any other system would and yet you won't let her play the game. Exactly. Oh, no, this is the eldest. Uh, if, oh, okay. If, if, if she was more of a role player, which she really isn't, uh, she would have permission to play the game. So, I mean, at that point, she'll be 16 next week. She's already just her. She's scrambled. So it's, you know, it's all Whose good. Whose fault is that? Mine. <laughs> it's my fault. It's all right. I, I admit I'm cool. You know, she's she I, I she's the she'll be she's. Just the way we 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 wanted to be, you know, perfect in every way and twisted. So uh, anyway, that's how all three of my kids are going to end up. All right, so the con- that's the only announcement I have. Any other announcements from anyone else? Nope. Okay, cool. Um, how to contact us? You can get you can find the show at sicktwistedus at gmail.com. Be sure to send us any questions you have so we can read them on the offerings to the Demon Lord segment or any hate mail you have because you think that we're just messed up and screwed up in the head. That's fine. You can find Sick and Twisted on Facebook now. Uh, I think Mike and Tom put that together. So that's out there in the, the multiverse and on Twitter at sick twisted us. And you can find me on Twitter at I live for crits or on Twitch every Sunday night with uh, judge Evie at uh, twitch.tv slash living for crits. Mike and Tom. Yeah. You can find me at Mike at tentacle And I'm not on social media at all except on the sick and twisted facebook page uh usually i'm the one who's answering though tom has uh, taken up some of the slack there as well tom oh excuse me oh god um you can find me at uh cat- <laughs> get, that, get that cock out of your mouth tom <laughs> oh god oh that's just wrong um uh you can find me at uh cataredit at gmail.com um I'm on Twitter uh, at Cataret, um, and uh, pretty much all over Facebook, uh, plastering things that nobody really ever wants to see, and that's about it. All right, well, uh, this show was produced and edited by Ganoy and Grumpy Alice, and we want to thank Rob Schwab again for such an amazing game system for spending the time with us. Rob, thank you so so much. Yes, Rob, thank You're you very so much. Welcome. And as it was a lot we- of fun. As we shall always close with a hearty and resounding hail. All hail, oh, hail the, the demon, demon lord. lord. Hail. Last thing I-